RxMuscle.com brings you Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Alternative medicine, muscle growth, mode enhancement, motivation, putting your mind at ease, harnessing your maximum potential. Quantum Physiques, here's your host, Brian Cunningham. And welcome to another episode of Quantum Physiques, where we take no pain, no gain to a whole new level. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham, joining you every week here on the rxmuscle.com website. Also, show is available for download, of course, on iTunes. And uh, we had a guest on tonight, uh, Dr. Michael Murray. He's a famous naturopath, but unfortunately, due to extenuating circumstances, he has to postpone um, his appearance on the show till next week. Uh, I did ask for some guests on our Facebook page to give me some questions to ask him. Obviously, he's a very well-respected naturopath, having been a pioneer in, in natural medicine, I think, for probably over 25 years now. And an interesting question actually that came from one of our fans, uh, Alkaline, was asking about red meat. Uh, he wants to know what uh, Dr. Murray would think about the impact of red meat and dairy on uh, the diet as it relates to disease states. That's a great question. I'm definitely going to ask him. Uh, my own personal opinion, as I think a lot of you uh, listeners probably would agree, is that the studies that have been done on red meat and dairy showing its deleterious effects, I think, are, are flawed because of the fact that they're done on industrial meats. These are uh, you know cattle that are raised with uh, you know, lots of hormones, or they're fed substandard uh, food. I think actually even they're allowed to be fed gypsum board as part of the, um, the food, the feed they give cattle. Of course, rendering was a process that was legal. It may still be legal in, in many parts of the world, even in this country, where they're feeding dead animals to the cattle. Uh, so all these things, of course, affect the quality of the meat, the quality of the fat, which of course then affects the um, you know, people eating it too. So I think that definitely getting grass-fed beef Getting dairy uh, from you know healthy sources can definitely do a lot as far as um, affecting the health, your health actually. I think places like uh, the Weston A. Price Foundation, which has got a, a really phenomenal website with a lot of credentialed doctors on there talking about this kind of stuff. Even Dr. McCullough's website is a great source as well for information on uh, this. Would probably agree with the fact that when you're eating grass-fed beef. When you're not overcooking it and causing glycation of the proteins, for example, uh, when you're drinking milk that's raw, not homogenized, not uh, pasteurized, of course, um, these different types of food, they're actually really totally different foods, actually, and they're really going to affect your, your health parameters much differently. Switch into other news that I thought was pretty interesting was um, interesting about BPA and how ubiquitous it is in the environment. It turns out that uh, a recent study, let me see if I can pull it up here actually on BPA, um, that it was found, a recent study was looking at uh, over 200 household and personal care items and they found uh, you know, noticeable levels of BPA, much to their surprise, in things um, varying from you know, hand soap, antibacterial lotion, to shower curtains. Uh, it seems that this chemical, this xenobiotic is actually rather common in most household and personal care items. And uh, this in light of the fact that now new evidence is appearing that uh, BPA and even small amounts they're seeing now actually can have uh, profound effects on the uh, neuroendocrine system, um, especially of course in children and in developing fetuses, but even in adults. And um, there was a study here published um, and actually, it's accepted for publication in the Endocrine Society's Endocrine Reviews. And they were saying that the current definitions of low dose used by the environmental EPA, the US EPA, need to be, um, I guess, re readjusted to account for the fact that BPA has an influence in these low doses now they're finding. 
Um, of course, this is bisphenol A, which is one of the most ever-present uh, xenoestrogens, which they use uh, in cans to, of course, facilitate emptying of food containers. Uh, I'm not really sure why, why. I'm not really sure why they put it in shower curtains and in uh, in soaps and everything. But I'm assuming it has something to do with the uh, the viscosity maybe of, of uh, liquids and stuff since it does help with canned foods. But uh, in spite of this, um, the FDA has refused again to uh, reconsider uh, making a BPA, uh, I guess, a target for, um, you know, for removal from the, from the system. Um, it seems like the study says here, with the low doses of EDCs, these are environmental uh, disrupting chemicals, influence disorders in humans is no longer conjecture as epidemiological studies show that environmental exposures to these chemicals are associated with human disease and disabilities, said Laura Vandenberg of Tufts University in Medford, Massachusetts, and the lead author in the study. The current testing paradigms are missing important sensitive endpoints and fundamental changes in chemical testing and safety determination are needed to protect human health. Now, it's kind of funny, again, just to show you who the FDA is really uh, siding with, I just saw a quick news flash that their, um, I guess, refusal to consider revising the um, BPA levels means something like $8 billion in the pockets of these companies that are spewing out these chemicals. So again, the FDA once again bows to um, the financial pressure and does not really take heed with um, public safety. In other news, um, low glycemic foods at breakfast set the tone for the day, more accumulating evidence. This is from researchers at the Institute of Food Technologists. Uh, They had a convention recently and they were saying that eating foods at breakfast that have low glycemic index may help prevent a spike in blood sugars throughout the morning and and the next meal after. Um, for the rest of the day. These breakfast foods can increase feelings of satiety and fullness and may help people less likely, may make people less likely to overeat throughout the day. According to a presentation at the conference by Kantha Schelke, PhD, a principal of Corvus Blue Limited Liability Corporation, the glycemic index ranks foods, of course, on the extent to which they raise blood sugar levels. And as everybody knows, foods with a high index are rapidly digested, resulting in high blood sugar, high insulin levels. And of course, insulin is a fat storing hormone, so it does end up taking those sugars and of course usually dietary sugars are accompanied by fat which is really is the most toxic combination um having protein and fat is okay having carbs and protein is okay but anytime you combine you combine high glycemic sugars with fats that is definitely the most toxic combination that results in insulin taking both the sugars and the fats and depositing them um throughout the body in various tissues for storage so obviously, uh, quantum physics listeners have always been uh, big on low glycemic foods and actually even on skipping uh, carbs for breakfast altogether because definitely fat and protein for breakfast keeps insulin very low, which can facilitate the fat burning effect of the previous fast. And again, of course, that gets into the whole idea of intermittent fasting, which is another great way to... Um, I think facilitate healthy biomarkers of uh, you know low inflammation, low disease states, um, you know slowing down the aging process, but also even accelerating the rate at which you burn fat throughout the day. Another study I thought was very interesting actually is that um, this is published in the Archives of Internal Medicine. Uh, came out last month actually, March. 2012. Sitting too much, regardless of your physical activity level, can kill you, says a new study. Basically, they were showing here, this is based on adults in Australia, that um, prolonged sitting is a risk factor for all-cause mortality 
independent of physical activity. And the authors concluded that um, this study uh, was interesting enough that they urged public health programs to focus on reducing sitting time in addition to increasing physical activity levels. Now, I didn't actually read the whole study, so I'm not sure what the theoretical mechanisms are, but um, that would be something to get into a little more and find out exactly why that, that does cause even people who are healthy and fit and pretty active, why sitting for a long period of time could actually cause problems. If anybody out there has any suggestions as to why that would be a, a risk, I'd like to hear that. You can always chime in on the Quantum Physics thread on the website, of course, on the forum, and then also on the page on Facebook. Another interesting study here is that cumulative stress can fuel inflammation, says a new study. Now, of course, I've been a big proponent of the very dangerous effects of long-term stress and anxiety on, on, uh, on health and on achieving fitness goals, of course, because of the fact that one mechanism is, of course, when you elevate stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, these are pro-inflammatory hormones. They will, over the long term, uh, lead to inflammatory conditions. And here's another study supporting that. Uh, greater lifetime exposure to stress in the form of traumatic events was linked to higher levels of inflammation in a study of over a thousand patients with cardiovascular disease led by researchers at the San Francisco VA Medical Center and University of California, San Francisco. In the first study to examine the relationship between cumulative traumatic stress exposure and inflammation, the scientists found that the more traumatic stress a patient was exposed to over the course of a lifetime, the greater the chances the patient would have elevated, elevated levels of inflammatory biomarkers in his or her bloodstream. This may be significant for people with cardiovascular disease because we know that heart disease patients with higher levels of inflammation tend to have worse outcomes, says lead author Alfie Donovan, uh, Society and Science uh, Branko Wise Fellow in Psychiatry at the University. The study was published in the, in the February issue of Brain Behavior and Immunity, and they looked at exposures to 18 different types of traumatic events, all of which involved either experiencing or witnessing a direct um, life-threatening situation or physical threat uh, in 979 patients that were aged 45 to 90 with stable heart disease. They then measured the number of clinical markers of inflammation that circulate in the bloodstream and found a direct correlation between degree of lifetime stress, exposure, and levels of inflammation. They came back in five years and they measured the surviving patients' inflammation markers again and found that patients who had originally reported the highest levels of trauma at the beginning of the study still had the highest levels of inflammation. Even though we lost some participants because they died, we still observed the same relationship in those who remained, O'Donovan said. This suggests it wasn't just the people who were most sick at the outset who were driving this effect. Not everyone who is exposed to trauma develops post-traumatic stress disorder, for example, said researcher Cohn, who is also an assistant professor of medicine at the university. But this study emphasizes that traumatic stress can have a long-term negative impact on your health, even if you don't go on to develop any kind of post-traumatic stress disorder. It also tells us that as clinicians, we need to start thinking about not just which diagnostic box someone might fit into, but what their lifetime trauma exposure has been. Although the study did not probe the potential causes for the link between lifetime stress and inflammation, um, there are several proposed mechanisms. Um, obviously, one of them, I think, again, is the fact that 
cortisol and adrenaline are very pro-inflammatory and can lead to, again, even cancer, not just heart disease, as this study was looking at, but cancer is by and large, and also is arthritis, of course, um, significantly affected by levels of inflammation. So that's something definitely to consider. <clears throat> Another interesting study I thought was uh, fast food and depression are linked. Now, of course, everyone knows fast food is not healthy at all, but again, um, until you get science supporting it, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to change public policy. According to a recent study headed by scientists from the University of Las Palmas uh, de Gran Canary, University of Granada, eating commercial baked goods, typically called fast foods like cakes, croissants, donuts, and fast foods such as hamburgers, hot dogs, and pizza is linked to depression. Published in the Public Health Nutrition Journal, the results reveal that consumers of fast food compared to those who eat little or no fast food are over 50% more likely to develop depression. Furthermore, they note, a dose-response relationship was observed. In other words, this means that the more fast food you consume, the greater your risk of depression. So again, that just shows you that your diet does affect your mental health, it affects levels of inflammation, and it affects how you progress with the various disease states as well. Another study came out recently showing um, that testosterone has uh, proven antidepressant abilities, actually. I don't really have... Oh, right here. Yeah, testosterone, the primary male sex hormone, appears to have antidepressant properties, but the exact mechanisms underlying its effects remain unclear. Nicole Carrier, scientists at University of... Oh, I'm sorry, Florida State University, are actively working to elucidate these mechanisms. They discovered that a specific pathway in the hippocampus, a brain region involved in memory formation and regulation of stress response, plays a major role in mediating testosterone's effect, according to their new study, which was published in the Biological Psychiatry. Compared to men, women are twice as likely to suffer from an affective disorder like depression. Men with hypogonadism, a condition where the body, of course, produces low or no testosterone, also suffer from increased levels of anxiety and depression. Testosterone replacement therapy has been shown to effectively improve mood. Although it may seem that much is already known, it is of vital importance to fully characterize how and where these effects are occurring so the scientists can better target the development of future antidepressant therapies. I would tend to disagree with that, of course, because I think that most men over 40 should be having their levels checked. And um, why would you give a guy antidepressants when he has low T? It doesn't make any sense. So again, this is probably part of their research. They probably had a big grant to find these mechanisms so they can you know, patent some kind of a drug that can help people with this. But obviously, for men in a world full of estrogenic compounds, as we showed, their BPA being one of the primary estrogenic compounds. And again, these, you know, estrogens, what they do, of course, is they act like estrogen, um, especially in, in men's bodies, since as men age, their levels of aromatase go up, which of course converts testosterone to estrogen. So the relative ratio of testosterone to estrogen actually goes down. And that's why men become bitchy and cranky as they get older, because they have, of course, the same thing that are found in people that typically get cranky and complain and get too emotional, which is elevated levels of estrogen. So these xenobiotics, of course, are definitely something that need to be con considered uh, for clinicians. But of course, they're not, I mean, you can't even get locally an endocrinologist to even look at low T, even though it's on TV now. Um, it, it just, it's so frustrating how slow the systems are to change that so many people have to go and basically suffer until you know the mainstream medical community is really ready to accept even low T. Now forget about issues like BPA. That's going to be 20, 30, 40 years from now before they're starting to consider and test people for that. 
But again, of course, if you have this knowledge and I'm looking at talking to Dana Hauser and finding out how we can in some way uh, facilitate the detoxification or the removal of these compounds in our bodies because, of course, that would be a great thing to have. If they're fat-soluble, they may get stored in bile, they may be stored in, in our fatty tissues, and they may be kind of hard to get out, and they may just kind of continue to wreak havoc. And I kind of wonder if they're fat-soluble. Um, of course, aromatase comes from our fat cells as well. I wonder kind of what kind of interrelationship they have with um, you know, the, the, the shifting, I guess, hormonal milieu that fat cells provide because of course fat cells do release or are sensitive to things such as adiponectin, um, you know, things like aromatase, for example, as well. So these things really need to be considered in understanding a new model, a new paradigm of not just male health or, you know, male, I guess, health and fitness, but also for women too, because I'm sure in their bodies, um, they are experiencing similar trajectories as far as the um, ever-present effect of these, you know, estrogenic compounds in, in, the, um, in the food chain and in the environment. But back to this study, though, the scientists think they've developed, um, they've identified a molecular pathway called the MAPK slash ERK2, the mitogen activated protein kinase slash extracellular regulated kinase um, that's in the hippocampus that plays a major role in mediating the protective effects on testosterone. I'm assuming they meet on mood, of course. This suggests that a proper functioning ERK2 is necessary before the antidepressant effects of testosterone can occur. It also suggests that this pathway may be a promising target for antidepressant medications. Says one of the researchers, interestingly, the beneficial effects of testosterone were not associated with changes in neurogenesis, meaning the generation of new neurons in the hippocampus as, as it is in the case with other classical antidepressants like SSRIs, Prozac, for example. Um, in results published elsewhere by the same group, testosterone has shown beneficial effects only in male rats and not in female rats. So that's something very interesting to consider too. Now, again, it's funny that testosterone also has um, anti-inflammatory effects. And I think part of it is because to some degree, testosterone is um, in some ways immunosuppressive, which of course the immune response is what leads to uh, inf inflammation. So I think that testosterone having an antidepressant and a potential anti-inflammatory effect is shedding new light on its hopeful positive beneficial roles um, as a therapeutic agent for, for aging men, especially men over 40. In other interesting news, obviously spring has sprung. Daylight savings is here. Uh, I think everybody, especially on the East Coast and probably on the West Coast too, is really uh, appreciating the beautiful weather we've been having. We had an early spring. I mean, it was like in the 80s in March. It was, March typically comes in like uh, a lion and goes out with like a lamb. And actually it was quite the opposite. It came in like a lamb and we actually got snow. Last day of March, it actually snowed in Vermont, believe it or not. And so it was actually cold here as well. So quite the opposite. But with that said, with the increasing amounts of sun, and of course now the earth has tilted on its axis. And so once again, I think the, um, the quality of the sun's rays, the shift um, in filtering from the atmosphere has allowed the sun now to give everybody um, better, uh, not only tanning, but of course increased vitamin D synthesis from the sun. Now again, I wrote an article many years ago uh, called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly about suntan science. And it was, all, it was published on bodybuilding.com actually. Um, and I think a lot of that still holds today as well, of course, that you know, the sun is not as dangerous as everybody thinks it is, that it really is more 
the quality of, of fats and your cell membrane integrity because, of course, if you have healthy fats and you have healthy cell membrane function, um, your body can respond better to environmental challenges and stressors like the sun. I mean, we've evolved for billion, millions of years at least with the sun. And so I think that you know, cancer is not really um, a common thing people got back when, when they were exposed to a lot of sun. Um, so with that said, though, one thing I didn't really realize about vitamin D is that, um, according to Dr. McCola, at least, when you have vitamin D, so this is going on on your skin, you have to make sure that you don't wash your, you wash it off because believe it or not, um, I guess it is easy to wash it off and, and lose the benefits. Now, um, vitamin D, of course, is an oil-soluble steroid hormone that forms when your skin is exposed to UVB radiation. Um, when the UVB hits your skin, your skin converts cholesterol or a cholesterol derivative to vitamin D3. And it takes up to 48 hours for this vitamin to be absorbed into your bloodstream to elevate levels of vitamin D. Uh, that's why I think Marcola was saying that you should probably wait two days before you actually uh, wash your skin. Now, of course, um, that is kind of challenging for most people to not take a shower for two days or not wash their skin for two days. Um, so with that said, there's other ways of doing it. I think it's probably dependent on how long you can not wash your skin. So I'm sure to some degree, maybe, you know, letting it go two, three, four hours definitely can help get uh, increased levels of vitamin D. Obviously, supplemental vitamin D. Vitamin D is, for most people, um, readily absorbable orally when you take it that way too. Some controversy about how much you need, uh, how much it actually is absorbed. Uh, You know, that's why I think people like McCullough think that the safest way to get vitamin D is from the sun but unfortunately, it sounds like um, you have to be careful about washing your skin. So just something to, to check out. I'm going to post this link on the Facebook page. Again, the Quantum Physiques Facebook page is up there. I'm definitely going to post some of these links so people can do their own research. And if you have any uh, feedback or comments, by all means, please share them with the community. That'd be great. So when we come back from the break, I have a couple of other issues that I think are of critical importance. Number one is the recent 60 Minutes documentary show on sugar they finally have acknowledged that sugar is toxic. And we're going to get into that because it really goes way beyond just that, actually. And also, we're going to get into a continued discussion on testosterone. So once again, this is Quantum Physiques. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, body, and spirit. Myotropics Physique Nutrition is the most exciting supplement company to come along in decades. That's because Myotropics isn't just another company. It's the brainchild of iconic metabolic expert, Dr. Scott Connolly, the inventor of the original body recomposition product that changed the industry and allowed millions of people to get in the best shape of their life. And CEO Vince Andrich, author of the groundbreaking Physique Athlete Guide. Myotropics flagship product, Physique 2.0, contains their exclusive Meta Effects Amino CD protein compound that maximizes whole body protein economy, your personal linchpin for gaining and retaining the most muscle while also shedding maximum body fat. Plus, Physique 2.0 contains the world's first legitimate fat-burning carbohydrate, Meta Effects FAO-CHO, for full hard muscle and increased fat burn. If you live to develop the ultimate physique, go with Myotropics, real people that live to develop physique nutrition. Go to Myotropics.com. It's your body. It's your art. Master it. Myotropics.com. 
Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com, the newest and hottest supplement super site. We carry all the major brands, including Species, MHP, BPI, BSN, Optimal Nutrition, Gaspari, and many more. Low on cash? No problem. ExtremeFitNutrition.com offers competitive prices that our competitors can't beat. Now you can supplement your diet without having to supplement your bank account. Here's some of our specials. Buy $100 worth of Species products or Metabolic Nutrition and get a free t-shirt and bag. Buy two. $200 worth of BSN products and receive a BSN t-shirt and shaker bottle. Remember, there's only one extreme. Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com now. Out on the edge of fitness and endurance, there's a line. It's where winners and losers are defined. That's the narrow place where Gamma O gives the serious competitor the extra step. That extra kick nobody knew was there. Gamma O raises your testosterone level naturally and legally. So before you step up to the line one more time, be prepared to bring it with Gamma O, the all-natural testosterone booster. Gamma O is available nationwide at general nutrition centers or on the web at GammaO.com. If you train hard, you need to recover hard. Training elevates cortisol, but so does stress and tension. Stress is the number one health risk you face today, and not only causes you to put on abdominal fat, but it's also one of the contributing factors in the top six causes of death, which includes heart disease and cancer. But now you can relieve that stress, rebuild, recover, and feel great with fast-acting Gabatrol. Gabatrol works quickly to help you improve relaxation and recovery, reduce cortisol, elevating stress, and reduce binge eating. Plus, Gabatrol will also help you to get that deep, restful sleep. Warriors are built, not born. And now you can build a better body with fast-acting Gabatrol. Recommended by New York Times number one best-selling author, Dr. John Gray. Gabatrol is available now at rxstress.com. P28 High Protein Bread is the official bread of RX Muscle. Are you looking to incorporate more protein into your meals or just want to enjoy bread again? Then look no further. Try the 100% natural P28 High Protein Bread. P28 High Protein Bread is a formulated revolutionary breakthrough product. Packed with whey protein isolate, 14 grams of protein per slice, 12 grams of carbs, 8 essential amino acids, and made with 100% whole wheat. Fear bread no more. Build a better body with P28. Order today at HighProteinBread.com. P28 is also now available at Bodybuilding.com and many other retailers. Order now. HighProteinBread.com. P28 Bread. RX Muscle approved. Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding's strongest supplements, and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook, where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding talk. Fusion Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise, up-to-the-minute news, and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RxMuscle Place. Visit RxMuscle.com. 
And welcome back to Quantum Physiques. I'm again your host, Brian Cunningham, where we take mind, body, spirit to a whole new level. Listen, this is a really interesting um, show here on 60 Minutes did this past Sunday on sugar and how toxic it is. Now, of course, Quantum Physique listeners, most people in the health and fitness community have known for a long time how bad sugar is, but it's pretty much uh, a paradigm shift when you see it on mainstream TV when Sanjay Gupta is on you know, 60 Minutes talking about this with this doctor, this lead interviewer, and he's not in any way questioning it. Now, of course, you get Dr. Oz and you get people like... Um, you know, McCullough and Dr. Oz, or you get the guy who wrote Good Calories, Bad Calories on there. And Dr. Oz, a lot of times, will actually poo-poo some of these things and kind of like, you know, erode their, their credibility, even though there's a lot of validity to these guys and what they say. Um, Gary Taubes, Good Calorie, Bad Calorie. I'm a big fan of his stuff. I think he's got some good science behind it. Probably way more than Dr. Oz does, for example. But again, the 60 Minutes thing here, the fact that Sanjay Gutu was not in any way um, chastising these claims, I think is a big shift, hopefully, and starting to get people to realize um, in the overall collapsing infrastructure of this country due in part to our diet, of course, because when you have a economic depression and people wired up on Prozac and all kinds of antidepressants and they can't function, they can't think because they have so much caffeine and sugar racing into their bodies and so much bad fats, what do you expect? I mean, this is exactly why a lot of us out there are struggling. Even though we take care of ourselves, we're still paying the cost for these people and for their irresponsibility. So this is pretty critical now. But it gets even deeper than that, though, because um, some of the, um, I guess, responses to this show, which, you know, is something new to me, but I'm definitely a fan of, is that there is an epidemic of addictions in this country. Now, again, I understand to be alive means you have to be addicted to one thing or another, of course. I mean, most of us, to some degree, have an addiction to food, have an addiction to breathing. These are kind of de facto, and maybe you could even argue semantics and say they're not really even addictive. But it turns out that people that have serious addictions like to alcohol, people that are trying to lose weight and that have serious issues losing weight that can't seem to do it, turns out that some of the same mechanisms involved in facilitating them breaking their addictions are triggered by sugar. So you know, the conclusion here or the relationship is if you don't eliminate sugar from your diet, if you don't break your sugar addiction, you're not going to treat the, the root cause of your obesity or of your, your yo-yo syndrome or of your alcoholism. Now, I've seen a lot of alcoholics, and I can tell you a lot of them, they're jacked up on sugar. A lot of them are jacked up on Red Bull, which is sugar and caffeine. But actually, I come from a family full of alcoholics, and I can tell you a lot of them when they go into recovery, um, they are definitely sugar fiends. Now, of course, ironically, sugar is an alcohol. And so I just think it is interesting that um, they're showing once again, which is what we said here on the show a long time ago, that um, you need to address sugar and getting it out of your diet for a lot of reasons. Um, not even the whole thing with candida and insulin function, but I think even as far as brain chemistry is concerned and eliminating the the neurochemistry of addiction or that the neural wire and neural pathways that make people crave things. Um, again, with sugar alone, even though it seems like it's accepted, it creates a slippery slope that makes other things, other addictions easier to fall back into. So that's pretty big. And I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. Um, once again, on the Quantum Physiques thread on the um, rxmuscle.com forum, please contribute and let us know what you think. Now, again, with testosterone, 
once again, 10 years ago, it was demonized, even maybe five years ago. But again, because there's a new niche, a new profit segment in the pharmaceutical industry, realizing, wow, now we can sell these guys something that, you know, bodybuilders have been taking for years. Now, of course, some of them have been using it irresponsibly, but by and large, the bodybuilding community has been, you know, relatively responsible. As, you know, my good friend Rick Collins would argue, you know, this is something that guys use in a positive way. They're not using this to escape life like the way they use alcohol and drugs. Um, you know, these hormones in a way, again, are antidepressants. They help increase motivation and focus. Um, and so, again, testosterone is a, a proven, uh, you know, I think, miracle, um, anti-aging, fountain of youth, you call it what you want. Um, and so people might want to know how they can increase testosterone naturally. Now, of course, we have several shows here with Dana Hauser on board. And, and again, you know, it's pretty interesting. Guys like Dana Hauser, I think, and even Alan Aragon and stuff that are really steeped in the science, you have to give them a lot of credit. Because, you know, like, you know, I was just talking to Jeff and I about when you go to these different shows and you hear these guys or these different fitness competitors talking about how egg yolks are bad and how they're on like, you know, cream of rice and Wheaties for breakfast because this guru said something. Then the person actually maybe wins a contest because of their combination of their drugs and their genetics. And they're thinking it's their coach. Meanwhile, the guy's like a complete idiot. Or maybe he was a bodybuilder himself that had no education. I'm sorry, but, you know, this is why this brotology, this bro science is by and large a, lot, a large crock of shit. Now, I'm not saying that all the science, again, is is the be-all, end-all, because, of course, there are nuances in the science that can be critiqued. But, you know, this part, this is what makes the peer review process so powerful, is that people like Dana or people like, um, you know, Alan Oregon, again, who I think has an advanced degree as well, are part of that peer review process that know from experience and know they can draw from a vast array of experience they have and also from their specific niches in the literature, in the scientific literature, and they then can come and contribute um, valid and cogent arguments either for or against you know, the, the studies coming up. So this is why science is so powerful and why we have to give credence to it. So for example, when your fitness coach or your guru is telling you that like, you know, you got to eat egg whites. I mean, that is one of the stupidest bodybuilding myths that has been out there for decades. And I'm actually shocked that people are still buying into that. Um, you know, number one, you know, egg yolks are probably one of the superfoods actually, believe it or not, up there on par with like blueberries and kale and ginger and curcumin. We did a whole show on curcumin, of course. Egg yolks are really a superfood. They are high in vitamin A. And again, here, the new evidence is coming out. It may not be, may not be conclusive, but vitamin D needs as a cofactor uh, copious amounts of vitamin A because typically they're found in nature together in, in a symbiotic relationship like in liver, like in puppy egg yolks to some degree too. So again, vitamin A is found in good quantities in an egg yolk. So is lecithin. So are some of the um, other nutrients like vitamin E, I think as well. Uh, so the whole idea of dietary cholesterol impacting blood cholesterol levels is a total myth. It's been debunked many times over, even 15, 20 years ago, I knew that the animal models, they were using rabbits to study that. That's where some of the conclusions were drawn. Rabbits can't process dietary cholesterol the way humans can. And so really dietary cholesterol, even if it is in egg yolks, is not in any way a significant impact on, on health for human beings. So again, um, and eggs are one of those foods that are, again, rich in fats. And fats are really the building blocks of hormones. Fats are where you get, um, you know, Things like, I guess, cholesterol to some degree that helps trigger vitamin D, of course, but also 
that benzene ring um, that are found in fats or in cholesterol that help to facilitate testosterone manufacture in the body as well. So, you know, if somebody wants to look at ways to, you know, elevate testosterone naturally, maybe short of taking a supplement like deaspartic acid, which is found in my primal tea, of course. Uh, Dana Hauser is a fan, of course, of, of deaspartic acid. But, you know, naturally, uh, through their diet, you got to look at healthy fats and you got to get up to speed on the fact that like whole eggs, again, as raw as possible. I do believe that once you oxidize or you heat up a yolk, you actually do uh, cause a degradation of its um, nutritional status. And I do think that just like meats too, I think that, uh, you know, in nature, um, cooking is not really as common. Um, you know, it's not really as, um, as natural as we want to think it is. So I think that as much as possible, try to have your food as much um, on the raw side or, or cook lightly versus overcooking things. But things like avocado, of course, Dana has said, uh, again, that he has an avocado a day. I do the same thing myself. Um, you know, I probably have six to eight raw eggs a day. I'm, I'm doing two smoothies between two to four raw eggs in each one of them with coconut fat. I'm a big fan of that because of uh, a lot of stuff, medium chain triglycerides, uh, lauric acid it has a variety of different types of fatty acids in there that I think has been, are being shown to be very health promoting. Uh, nuts, nuts and seeds probably as well. I think I'm um, not really sure which ones in particular, but um, Brazil nuts and walnuts, of course, are, are two of my favorites. Um, I think pumpkin seeds too, again, high in fats, but also high in zinc, which I do think is something that uh, is something needed for men to produce healthy levels of t- testosterone. So just as we have things like, you know, flaxseed with the lignans um, with possible estrogenic properties and things like soy, I guess also with the phytoestrogens, um, you know, potentially, you know, causing some type of shift in estrogen um, status in the body, which can be... I'm not really sure, positive or negative, depending on your sex and depending on where you're at. Um, but, you know, I'm not really sure what the science really over there is. But I do think that definitely having a diet um, where, number one, you try to avoid accumulating all these different xenobiotics like BPA, of course. Um, so maybe go to the um, websites like, for example, Environmental Working Group, EWG.org, and look up their, their 12 uh, hit list, I guess, things that they think are really safe to eat non-organic. Avocado is one of them. Um, I think some other ones, I forgot what they were, but there are some foods that you can actually buy uh, conventional that aren't sprayed that much. Coffee, for example, too. Even though it's sprayed, um, the actual husk of the bean is taken off in the process, in the milling process. And so it doesn't really matter, for example, if coffee is sprayed. So organic coffee doesn't really do much for you. But yeah, definitely um, healthy fats are critical. And I think that's something that people should really consider. Uh, I think things, again, like ginger, I mean, even back on Dave's uh, uh, TV show uh, a couple of years ago, I was saying how like they were showing that ginger, I think is in animal models, had the equivalent effect of like Clomid um, on restoring fertility in, in rats. And so that's why, again, I've been harping every single show on the critical importance of, you know, ginger and curcumin, ginger and curcumin, because you just can't get enough of that. Now, of course, with ginger, those ginger oils and the different flavin, flavonoids in there, some of them are enhanced or made more present for bioavailability by cooking. And so it's always good to have a combination of, I guess, heated ginger with also some raw, um, as we put in our smoothies, and we did a whole show on that back uh, probably early last year, I think, actually. So I do think that um, 
people should look for natural ways to elevate testosterone. Uh, of course, there are workout schemes too that can elevate testosterone. As Dana has said, once again, I'm a big fan of this. Anytime you go over an hour, you're going to start elevating cortisol and you're going to start shifting your hormonal milieu more into a catabolic state, which means in all inevitability, lower testosterone levels too. So you got to cut that out. Got to cut out any kind of long distance uh, running and training because those, I think really the science is showing once again, um, a friend of mine is writing a book on cancer, believe it or not. This is uh, Dr. Z who was on the show. And again, he says the research shows that it's the bursts of intense exercise, such as sprinting, such as weightlifting, that actually not only um, you know are really good for shifting your metabolism and facilitating muscle and fat burning, but also upregulate very protective mechanisms for stopping cancer in its tracks. So his book has been a focus on that. And I think he says there's a wealth of studies out there supporting this idea. And of course, I like that too, because that's what exactly gives us those types of physiques we want, which are muscular and lean um, and also cancer and inflammation free, I think, to a large extent. Yeah, speaking of testosterone and dietary effects, um, it is pretty important to know, not only do you want to eat things that can uh, raise testosterone, of course, and this is, again, for women too, because trust me, these same foods support healthy endocrine function in women as well. And again, you know, I can't stress enough that healthy fats build healthy cell membranes and the the epicenter, the brain of your cell is the cell membrane. That's where all the stuff's going on. That's where the magic's happening. That's where if you want to pick out like where you exist, uh, it's kind of funny because if you think about it, you know, when you're touching somebody or you're having sex, for example, you know, are your sex organs actually experiencing the pleasure? Um, no, they're not actually. It's actually a part of your brain that's experiencing all the pleasure. The rest of your body is pretty much inert if you think about it, but it's parts of your brain that are experiencing that. And again, those neurons that are firing and communicating, they need healthy cell membranes. That really is where all that the dance of relationship is going on. Even when you're dancing in your relationship, it's the dance of relationship in the neurons in your brain that enriches your experience of life in every single way possible. Again, from your motivation to your enthusiasm with your career or with your relationships to your results in the gym, uh, you know, your brain to a large extent and your cell membranes. And again, now again, I understand the brain is not the, the be all end all of your body because we do have like a second brain in the GI tract. That's what the new science of holistic, um, I guess, you know, medicine is showing that, you know, obviously there's not just one particular organ, but to a large extent, our experience of consciousness happens in our brain. And so to some degree, there has to be a relationship there between the, the cell functioning of those neurons up there as well. And I think that healthy cell membrane function is where, quote unquote, you exist, where the experience of you happens. And these cell membranes need saturated fats, which give it structural stability, of course. So things like butter and, and meat have some saturated fat. Nothing, even coconut oil, I think, has saturated fat. Nothing wrong with those. You need some structural integrity in those cell membranes, but you also need a good combination of unstable fats, and this is why things like, you know, omega-3s, I think shouldn't be heated up too much. I'm not sure exactly what temperature, but definitely these fats are unstable. They're prone to oxidation. They're prone to being degraded by photons from light, from heat. So uh, these things need to be treated with respect. Refrigerated, kept in dark glass containers, of course, too. Uh, not overcooked. But again, this is where healthy fats um, build and create a better you. It's almost like U2.0. Um, with that said, of course, there are things, and again, you know, things you need to avoid that can actually lower 
endocrine function, both for men and women. Um, things like processed oils. I mean, fried foods, you have to be retarded, retarded to be eating fried foods in any amount now. French fries, pastries, only an idiot I think, would be over-consuming fried foods and sugar and wondering why their life's not getting better or why they're having the problems they're having. It's like, you know, if you have problems, go back to square one, right? It's, you know, I got some friends that lost their job. I'm like, look, you're in the arena of life. You're Spartacus, whether you realize it or not. You're in the arena of life. And I'll tell you one thing, those gladiators, they train every fucking day for the, for the, for the game of life. And so you can leave nothing to chance. Life is an Olympic event. What do you, you want to get disqualified because you can't take care of yourself? You can't train hard? This is why I think that this community especially is called to step up because we already know what it means to be committed and disciplined. Disciplined means you're a disciple of yourself, of course, or of what it takes to be successful. And a part of that, of course, is taking that into every aspect of your life. And so with that said, there are some killers you got to avoid. Without a doubt, gluten, 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 gluten found in wheat, and other grain type products. Um, I know wheat especially, um, it's prevalent. You have to avoid gluten, uh, especially if you're over 40 and you have low T. Uh, I do think that there is a relationship. I heard one doctor on, uh, he wrote a book about this actually. He's from like Mount Sinai School of Medicine. So he's pretty well known. And uh, his thing was without a doubt, get gluten out of your diet and it will affect um, you know, your endocrine system. Sugar, of course, too. To a large degree, we, we and I think in the 1800s, it was 10 pounds of sugar a year we were consuming. Now it's somewhere upwards of a, over 170 pounds of sugar a year. This is uh, an ever-present poison that really is just wreaking havoc on our bodies in so many ways. Um, and, and, you know, if you can't cut it out entirely, you got to make sure, again, that you're compensating. Things like benfotamine. Uh, anti-glycation, um, you know, aspects, benfotamine, carnosine, alpha-lipoic acid, things that can potentiate insulin function that can help to offset excess of glycation. Um, these things help to, again, uh, balance your body out. If you have to take these things and you can't get off it all the way, at least compensate. But definitely things like canola oil. Again, these things are, are they're full of GMO. I mean, genetically modified organisms in this country, in the U.S., they don't even got to put on the label anymore. Now, again, speaking of labels, it's amazing just how people are willing to read on their iPhone and their on their Mac and their car what they're buying, what they're paying for um, as far as the specs and the labels. But when it comes to reading labels in, on the food, people, again... They just don't care. They don't realize that they're actually destroying, building or destroying their lives via each time they chew a food, a piece of food, they're actually doing something positive and negative for their body more than they could ever imagine. And yet most people don't even read labels. And again, as Michael Pollan, who wrote the best-selling book, um, I think Omnivore's Dilemma uh, or the, um, I forgot what it was, another book he wrote that there, you know, make sure if it has too many words on in the label, don't, don't buy it because you want something that is simple, easy to understand with chemicals or with names you can actually pronounce. Those are some pretty simple, um, I guess, ways of looking at reading labels and figuring out what you should or should not be putting into your body. Uh, something else I think too is, again, the second brain, the GI tract, probiotics. We had Dr. Fred Bichon talking about the, the critical importance of probiotics. I think if you're not ready to take a probiotic uh, supplement, of course, eating fermented foods, yogurt. Of course, again, be careful. Yogurt is full of sugar. You got to buy ones that are low in sugar. I typically get, there's a new one out there. It's Icelandic yogurt and it's really high in protein and very low to almost no sugar. It's really good. 
uh, that may be one you'll want to consider. I'm a big fan of fermented uh, sauerkraut, and there's actually products now in Whole Foods and some local vitamin stores. If you guys get out there, you can find in the frozen food section of local vitamin stores, they have a vast array now of fermented foods because it's become very popular. So like there's a ginger carrot um, coleslaw kind of thing. It's like fermented ginger and carrots. It's delicious. And again, it's full of um, probiotics in there. It's something people should consider having. So once again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you have any feedback on the show or any suggestions that can help other people in the audience uh, achieve their goals with these topics tonight, by all means, please share on the Quantum Physiques page on Facebook or on the forum thread, of course. And I am your host, Brian Cunningham. Stay tuned next week. We will hopefully get Dr. Michael Murray on for a fascinating show. Thanks again. Quantum Physiques with Brian Cunningham is dedicated to harnessing the power of the holy grail of health, fitness, lifestyle, and success. And you'll hear Quantum Physiques every Wednesday evening only on Rx Muscle.